0: Hello, friend. Hello, friends, and welcome to part two of our series ending Mr. Robot episode review. If you haven't heard part one, definitely pause this podcast and go to the one we released a few days ago to get the first part.
1: We talked about our overall thoughts on this whole series finale, some of the background on the title and the music, as well as all of the personalities we're going to be finally formally introduced to, and we went through all of the part one synopsis. So that will leave us jumping into our part two of this series finale. We left off last time with Elliot killing himself and asking us not to judge him because this was inevitable. Now he thinks the only thing left to do is a full wipe down. So he showers, goes and finds his car, back in that same lot we're very familiar with, and Price calls to tell him, where is he? They're all waiting at Coney Island. Thinking fast, he quickly steals a large moving box and wraps the body of the other Elliot inside,
0: Well, is it stealing if it was the other Elliot's moving box?
1: He's stealing his whole life. Why not the (laughs) box?
0: This is a little gruesome.
1: It is. It's very dark. He cleans his apartment, quickly dresses up, and Mr. Robot appears. He says, wherever you go, I go. Another indicator. In some way, shape, or form, we're in his mind because Mr. Robot's still around. Elliot tells him he didn't think it was possible, but somehow her machine worked. He's making himself buy into this. They're in a world where everything is better. Mr. Robot's gently trying to tell him this is not for him. You know, he's not there to tell him what's right and wrong. He just needs to start seeing that for himself. And he can't take this guy's place. It's not that easy. He says, you are not him.
0: But That's what I was saying too, you asshole.
1: Frustrated. Elliot says, if you won't help him to just get out of his way. He thinks he's trying to stop him from achieving happiness. So he wheels the box out to his car. But while he's trying to load it, a cop comes to give him a parking ticket. Wouldn't you know it, it's Dom. (laughs) She starts to get suspicious. She asks for his ID and taking it, she thinks it looks nothing like him. Red flag number, what, 30? And then she notices the blood coming out of the box. She tries to stop him, but another earthquake hits and Elliot takes off running through the streets.
0: What I enjoyed about these episodes are, in addition to the actual flashbacks that we get later on, we're getting reminders of journeys we've been on these four seasons. And I love how shows do this in the end of their run, where Elliot's car was parked. Mm -hmm. There was that part of New York where it says, I love New York. That's really there in the city. I love that.
1: The black SUV. Black
0: SUV, which harkens back to Tyrell. Tyrell's car. And watching him drive, I'm like, Elliot would never drive a car like that.
1: (laughs) Well, it's all of these things that have seeped into his brain from real life occurrences that when he goes to build this recursive loop, he pieces them in there. So, you know, Dom is in some type of position of authority. She's a cop here. Tyrell's car is his car. It all makes sense later. But right now, it just feels like one big acid trip. You're like, (laughs) what is going on?
0: No, the acid trip is later.
1: (laughs) It's coming. Elliot goes down onto the subway and into the F train, where Mr. Robot urges him to stop and listen.
0: No, wait. This was really fun to watch Elliot run in his tuxedo in the city because, I don't know, maybe a year or so back, there was a paparazzi photo of Rami Malek running in the city in a tux. And everyone was like, what could this mean? (laughs) And now we know.
1: (laughs) Well, as we said before, Elliot's angry, thinking Mr. Robot's trying to steal his happiness. And he finally says he's done listening to him. I just want to be alone. That's all I've ever really wanted from you.
0: That's not true. Well, um this Elliot, yes. It's
1: true in the sense of the mastermind. That's I true. just want to take control. All of you people take a back seat while I get this figured out. Well, Elliot gets to Coney Island. He finds the ceremony and runs to join. <laughs> But Mr. Robot walks up and offers him his hoodie. I I just love this. Wondering who all these people are, Mr. Robot tells Elliot only he knows that. There was never going to be a wedding. His plan deactivated White Rose's machine just like he thought it would. It's not a parallel universe. This is a world you created. In fact, he accidentally slipped into it once when he was going through his morphine withdrawal. And we talked about how important that scene is, how much s kept referring back to it, that so much was planted into that. And we knew it at the time, but it was impossible to figure out how that was all going to factor in. So now Elliot wonders if this is a dream, and we get the big answer from Mr. Robot. No, it's a prison.
2: A, a recursive loop that you constructed about a year ago to keep him occupied so you could take control of him. The real Elliot.
0: The real Elliot. What
2: the fuck are you talking about? you think the guy that was back at my apartment was the real Elliot? As real as he could be in this deluded fantasy that you've stuck him in. I'm the real Elliot Alderson. You're no more Elliot Alderson than I am. You're just like me, only a part of him. And if you don't let go, He'll never get back to living his own life. What life? I killed him, remember?
0: You can't kill him. No No matter matter how how hard hard you try. Okay, at this point I was like, oh, okay, I can root for him again. He didn't really kill him. It's okay, (laughs) everybody. But how beautiful was this scene? Wasn't it great?
1: Oh, when he walks up and you can see from the backs of the heads, there's something, <laughs> some kind of mask they're wearing. And then he finally turns around. You see all the F Society masks.
0: I really am curious who Sam Esmel had sit there <laughs> because, you know, he had to have fun, right? Maybe some friends, some family. Maybe his wife is there. That could be anyone. Maybe Esmel himself. I had guessed I have no actual proof of this or any real meaning for thinking this. But I'm guessing, if we were playing the game, who's under that mask, that Esmel was in the second seat on the left. Oh, yeah? Just a guess.
1: Looked a little like him. So here we finally get answers. He built this to keep the real Elliot occupied. And no, this isn't a true glimpse at him. It's as close as you can get to maybe what he would be like in real life. But stuck in this portion of his mind and in this repetitive fantasy... That you've built for him. Where
0: everything is perfect. He's like a
1: hamster in a wheel. So even this is not truly seeing Elliot Alderson.
0: Right. In this world, Elliot is the CEO. You know, he's got everything in order. We know that Elliot in the real world, he was just a regular worker. Mm Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, and especially upon reflection of these last two episodes, I thought it was so perfect. We got to go back to where it all started, even though it wasn't literally back to Coney Island. But story-wise, we got to go back to Coney Island and the F Society building. That's where it all started for us. That beach.
1: And it just keeps going because Angela walks by on the boardwalk. She sees him.
0: Is smiling lovingly for a moment.
1: Until she sees him. Yes. And then she runs, and you're like, well, you really are the monster. She's afraid of you. Elliot chases her past the Ferris wheel, nice nod, and into the Fun Society building. It's at this point she tells him, it's obvious, isn't it? You're not the real Elliot. But those first lines that she's saying to him, she's kind of leaning back up against the wall. and When she's saying it's obvious, her mouth isn't moving.
0: It's so weird. So the closed captioning, we did get to see it. Now, when I watched it again on my computer, I didn't have closed captioning on it. And I was wondering, once we got to that scene, was it our cable messing up yet again? But even online, she doesn't say anything. It's just dead air with Elliot responding. Which is so weird. I don't know. Maybe in ADR, they forgot to put that in.
1: It's bizarre, especially because it's such a critical point of this conversation.
0: But again, we didn't see anyone talking about it on the internet. I
1: think we're just having TV We're bugging out, dude. Maybe we're glitching. (laughs) But she says, you're not the real Elliot, but the mastermind. And we do hear this now out loud.
0: These are all parts of his consciousness fighting itself, basically. Like, we need to get him in line.
1: And it's people he trusts telling him that. Mr. Robot gently bringing him the hoodie, trying to break it to him. Angela, this is the whole fantasy about marrying her. She's in the wedding dress, but she's telling him, you're not him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why aren't you seeing this? And this is kind of the last straw. It really freaks him out. He's thrust out into the hall. He gets a glimpse of Mr. Robot and starts chasing after him.
0: <laughs>
1: but on the boardwalk, everyone begins turning into Mr. Robot.
0: Hey, kid. Hey, kid. And let the trippy scenes begin.
1: Until he finally spins one man around, and it's Tyrell with a gun. Back to that.
0: And some more Mack brilliant background music.
1: Tyrell pulls it and shoots at Elliot, who falls down and all goes dark around him.
0: At this moment, for a half a second, if they went to commercial, I would have been thinking, holy shit, are we about to wake up to either last season? Yeah, I think it was last season or the season before when Tyrell actually shot him. Yeah. And we're going to wake up there. That would have been crazy, too. (laughs) So many possibilities.
1: Well, we start to get an idea now, though, because a boy begins counting down from 10. And then says, ready or not, prepare to die. As somebody drags him
0: off. The way he stood up behind Elliot as he's crawling in the dirt. Or I guess it was sand as he's crawling in the sand. Again, scary movie.
1: But it's, it's dark. It looks like somebody's about to try to bury him. And over the sound of beeping, he vaguely hears someone saying, Elliot, please wake up. At this point, we're getting beeping. We're getting what sounds like Darlene telling him to wake up. And I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> we're going to the hospital. He's been in a coma. That one's happening.
0: See, our brain is going on all these trips. And I think that's what was beautiful about these final episodes.
1: But then I really thought we had it nailed, and it was going to be the ultimate therapy ending, because he awakes confused in Krista's office.
0: And now you hear clocks ticking.
1: And I'm cheering. She says, it's not really Krista. But since he trusted her so much, the others have chose to appear this way.
0: And then, just like that, we were like, oh, shit. Okay, so our ending that we thought would happen isn't happening, but it's still fucking awesome. But it still
1: could be going on in some capacity, that... They're trying to work towards this integration. And in fact, they kind of are. They've come together to say enough is enough. We've got to show him the truth. But he keeps resisting. He says he wants to talk to Darlene, but she's not there. She's out in the real world trying to wake him. Krista, not Krista, tells Elliot. (laughs) His connection to her is quite strong. Darlene has become his only link to reality. In fact, it's by design. She's been removed from this fantasy. It's their best chance at trapping him here. This is the goal keep him here, don't have anybody that can wake him up so we can bring this truth for him and settle this once and for all. He's still not listening, though. He tries to leave, saying he wants to wake up from this nightmare and get his life back. But he keeps walking out the door only to find himself back in the room. This is like your worst nightmare, right? Krista says she can explain, but in order to fully hear the truth, they first need to discuss Elliot's DID. Let's go. The first personality was created the day Elliot jumped out the window, the protector personality.
3: The one Elliot created to replace his father, to protect him from intolerable situations.
2: All I was trying to do was take those
3: punches for you. (coughs) Thank (laughs) you. Mr. Robot.
1: Okay, we knew that one. We even knew roughly when he was created. Later in life, Elliot developed the mother personality, the persecutor, blaming Elliot for the abuse and insisting he needed to pay for it. So we don't really get to know when later, was there an inciting event, what's that all about? But she says not long after her came Elliot's younger self, who emerged to handle the abuse he couldn't tolerate. So we're assuming most of it's falling on the shoulders of the little boy. And with that, he'd created his own family of sorts. We're deep down inside you, Elliot.
3: You can't leave us, and we can't leave you. I guess she doesn't know about you. I know all about them, too. The warriors who think they aren't a part of this despite being here for all of it. And for a while, we thought we had identified all of Elliot's personalities. But there's another one who came about not too long ago.
2: I don't want to hear this again.
3: The truth about who you are, I think it's time. Even they agree with me.
2: I know where you're going with this. It's not true.
3: It's okay. I know why you did it. Your heart was in the right place. You wanted to shelter him, which is why you changed his past.
2: I want you to tell me about your father. Kept shoving me away, shoved me so hard, I fell backwards out the window. It wasn't changing anything. That's what I thought happened.
3: But it was his future he really wanted to protect, wasn't it?
2: Get out of here right now, or I'll call the police. And You want them to find out about the 100 terabytes of child pornography?
3: That's why you went to such great lengths to take down all the evil that surrounded him in the real world. So you formed F Society.
2: Hello, evil corp. We are F Society. Why did you do it?
3: You loved him so much, you wanted to save the entire world so you could make it better for him, no matter the cost. That's why you hid him here, turning his harsh reality into a fantasy. Can't wait to marry you tomorrow. Dropping him in an endless loop.
2: I'm stuck in a repetitive, boring
3: routine. To keep him safe until you were ready.
2: I don't remember any of this. Why should I trust you? You've been wrong before.
3: You're right. She was wrong. Krista never quite figured it out, did she? She never realized she wasn't talking to the real Elliot. She didn't realize she was always talking to you.
1: Created to carry Elliot's rage, the vigilante hacker he imagined being, The one that sought vengeance and gained so much control, he forgot he was just another personality. You're the mastermind, and now it's time for you to give back that control to the host, the real Elliot. So Elliot stands, and the world starts shaking. He says he doesn't have to give up control. Maybe it's time he used his rage. She tells him if you wake up, you'll just be stealing his life again. But he thinks it's my life. It always will be. And the room collapses in on him.
0: Basically, he takes over yet again, full takeover.
1: And now he awakes in a hospital bed, monitors beeping. In the background, the news says Minister Zhang was found dead in a terrorist attack. Darlene comes over and is glad to see him finally awake. He grabs her hand and asks what we're wondering, is this real? (laughs) She says it is, tells him what happened at the power plant. It really happened. He somehow stopped the meltdown, but there was still an explosion. The only way he survived was because the room had some sort of advanced shielding. They found White Rose's body. She's officially dead. Along with the machine, Angela said she was hiding. When he cut the power supply, it malfunctioned and blew up. You saved the world, Elliot Alderson. Confirming for us, and I mean, we've suspected all along, when Darlene's telling us something, it's real. When we're seeing her in the screen, it's real.
0: Yep. She is the grounding person.
1: She told him long ago, and there's going to be a callback to that in a couple of seconds. When I'm here and I take your hand and you hold it, you can know you're real. You can understand that everything around you is really happening. When she came back and we find out decided she wanted to finally help her brother, this was her tool of giving him a grounding technique. I can confirm for you when something's happening or it's not. And so these are kind of the answers we've been searching for. Everything we saw with White Rose was apparently real.
0: We had some ideas. We were trying to have it make sense in our heads. Maybe that room wasn't real. Maybe he was already in a chamber, especially when we thought that glitch was real in our TV. But I think this makes complete sense, except for one thing. How is Elliot just... Okay, now. How is he not at least um, in cuffs, awaiting questioning for when he wakes up?
1: If they've determined this was a part of a terrorist attack, I guess they're saying Elliot stopped that. He's
0: the hero. But you're still going to need to ask questions like, how did you get there? How did you know she was going to do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, the whole story. We need it.
1: Oh, and so are we to believe then that the scene in the room, all the way up to the fade out to red when the explosion happened, was real? Yes. So that room actually existed.
0: And apparently bomb-proof.
1: The weird stuff we saw in there, from Cordy and his fishbowl to the red phone, was real. Mm -hmm. Which means... Somehow Angela saw that when she was taken into a house and went into another room and it was this room.
0: Yeah, I wanted to. uh, Yeah, that was real and it was real to her. And that's why I was really hoping to get a final answer about this machine.
1: That's what's not kind of adding up for me in the end, because if she hadn't experienced that, we could have thought, well, some of this was created in his mind. And White Rose was just crazy and believed in something that never existed and was trying to convince other people. This is a question we're going to get to a little bit more later on, but other people believed in it as well. And now we know parts of it really happened. So I think it's a little bit harder to just dismiss and say White Rose was crazy, period, end of story. It doesn't matter to this story we're telling. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling a little bit with that. But I do understand following along with this Darlene logic, it did all happen. He put in the code, he stopped it, he made it malfunction, but because of the power source and all the issues we were having, there was still an explosion, and it effectively killed the machine. They found it buried under the rubble, she says. But Elliot says, Who I am? That isn't real. She tries reassuring him of her promise that as long as she was here, he would know. She was there with him through all of it. The hack, 5-9, the cyber bombings, robbing the 1%, it all happened but he confesses that's not really what he's talking about. He isn't Elliot, only a part of him. And then we get another bomb drop. Darlene admits she already knew that. Isn't that crazy? i love that. She knew this wasn't the Elliot she grew up with. In fact, she'd known since before they started F Society. At first, she thought maybe he was just acting a little different. But when he forgot who she was again, it wasn't hard to figure out. She never said anything because they were finally spending time together and getting close. He asks why they weren't close before, and she says she wasn't there for him. She couldn't deal with what he was going through, so she gave up and took off. But she felt bad about that. That was part of the reason she came back, to try to fix things. She says, but he was gone, and you were
0: here instead. Okay, so so many things to unpack there. Maybe there's a reason why what we've been saying these last episodes, we don't know too much about her, because Elliot doesn't know too much about her she actually left him for a while because she couldn't handle it. Now she comes back and she knew from day one, well, she knew from before they started F Society. So there's that answer. F Society was all the Avengers idea Mm -hmm. that that wasn't the real Elliot. Well, now it makes sense in past seasons when it felt sometimes like Darlene was on Mr. Robot's side because she's known Mr. Robot since she was a child.
1: He was the first personality.
0: This is a new personality she doesn't know, trust, or understand yet. So, of course, she'll be on Robot's side.
1: And at times, it would feel different, and it was, because Mr. Robot was there and taking back over, and she'd be like, is this you? Mm -hmm. Is this real Elliot? Is it Mr. Robot? Is it this new guy? Who am I talking to right now?
0: Yeah. And now that Christmas scene with Darlene and Drunk Santa, which was awesome. Now that makes even more sense, why she's so hell-bent on not leaving him. She can't abandon him. Again. 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 And that's what we didn't know. The again part. Mm-hmm. Knowing that she hasn't even seen the real Elliot yet. The real Elliot is probably in trouble. This Elliot has a drug problem. Like, There's so many things going on. He might get killed by the Dark Army. It goes on and on and on. It all makes sense now.
1: And she knew that this wasn't him. That this altar was going to these extreme lengths of creating F Society. Of going through this 5-9 hack. And yet, she was willing to go along with all of that risk her own safety, her own life, because she wanted to be close to her brother. She wanted to help him despite all of her own issues that she's been dealing with since the beginning that he hardly pays any attention to, her own anxiety, her own grief over Angela dying. She continues to show up and try to help him.
0: And I guess she would be more forgiving to a brother who inevitably isn't giving a shit about her because that's not really her brother.
1: But that is so hard.
0: Oh, yeah. Very good. Even though hope. you
1: know that on a rational level, emotionally. Absolutely. How do you... This is why she left the first time. I don't know how to deal with this. So back to the scene, he tells her, by the way, the real Elliot is okay. He made a safe place for him where he got everything he wanted. She says, good. He deserves that. Not a day goes by she doesn't think about him and really miss him. As she gets up to leave the room to get a nurse, he calls her back saying he was wrong Elliot doesn't have everything because he doesn't have her there. And even though I'm only a part of him, I want you to know I love you. And she leaves and he looks off into the distance, seemingly falling back asleep.
0: Mm-hmm. He's now made the decision to let the real Elliot come out.
1: Mm-hmm. I was wrong that this is okay, that I can keep going on this crusade and seizing control because he's in this great place where he gets everything. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have what's really important. I have that.
0: Yeah. Now, this reminds me of two episodes ago with the game that White Rose had him play on the Apple II computer. Exit. I'm not sure how much White Rose knew about Elliot insofar as this character Mm -hmm. and if this personality and if uh, he needs the real Elliot to come out. I don't know if White White Rose knows that much. But that game, the life lesson behind that game is it's not worth it to leave your friends behind and go out into the world yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to stick with your friends. You need to just stay and show up. Exactly. And that's what he ends up doing.
1: That's why it's so weird in the end. Like all this stuff connected to White Rose because how? You know, it's, I don't know. It
0: would have made sense if White Rose was a part of his conscience as well. Yes. Because she knew so much.
1: Correct. And he had also fabricated an arch nemesis
0: that Mm -hmm. he had to take down. Yeah, Because Because you have a superhero, you need super villain. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that. We don't know, um, there is no example or ending to that. We know that it was real because... She was she real. Said, the sister said she was real. Um, but I still enjoyed that life lesson and how it combined.
1: I mean, absolutely. In,
0: in a full story kind of way.
1: In, in an emotional way, in a character way, it makes sense. And, and I guess Esmail said several times he doesn't really care about plot, but... He has? It sure seems like he did for a while.
0: Maybe that's his way of saying, listen, don't nitpick everything, all right? Well,
1: but I mean, it's just some gaping holes here, but okay. Now we get these really big ending scenes.
0: The tearjerker scenes, the beautiful swan song of an ending.
1: Hello, friend. God, that's always been lame, hasn't it? Sorry I never came up with a better name for you. Then again, I don't even have a name. I'm just a guy trying to play God without permission. Now we go back into the boardroom. And the mastermind joins and stands in the center. Mr. Robot, Magda, and the boy next to him, all looking out at the city. He reflects that Mr. Robot once told him this would be a black void, absolute nothingness, and he wonders if that's true. But Robot assures him he will always be part of Elliot. He is acquiescing to stepping back out of the light, mm-hmm. to going wherever it is these other guys go. What happens to him there? Does he disappear Is this the end of him? He doesn't know how to accept that, but he's telling him, it's okay, you're still going to be a part of him. We can do this together.
0: So there won't be absolute nothingness.
1: Mm -hmm. And he gives his big speech.
0: Well, that's kind of like what we ask about death in real life. Is it nothing after that? Is it just a void?
2: This whole time, I thought changing the world was something you did. An act you performed. Something you fought for. I don't know if that's true anymore. What is changing the world was just about being here. By showing up, no matter how many times we get told we don't belong. By staying true, even when we're shamed into being false. By believing in ourselves, even when we're told we're too different. And if we all held on to that, if we refused to budge and fall in line, if we stood our ground for long enough, just maybe. The world can't help but change around us. Even though we'll be gone, it's like Mr. Robot said, we'll always be a part of Elliot Alderson. And we'll be the best part. Because we're the part that always showed up. We're the part that stayed. We're the part that changed him. And who wouldn't be proud of that?
0: beautiful.
1: He then walks away and out into that blue hall. Walking towards the far other door, it gets darker as he approaches. He says, come on, this only works if you let go too.
0: I don't think we can.
1: He opens the door and goes through into a dark movie theater, taking a seat between his family.
0: Not even the good new seats.
1: (laughs) And he cries as the projector comes on and shows scenes of Elliot's life. He cries? Yeah, there's a tear.
0: Oh, the real Elliot. I thought you meant...
1: No, there's a tear going down Mastermind's face. Oh, I didn't notice that. As he looks up to the projector.
0: I did not notice that. Yeah. One thing I did notice is when he first sits down and also as it gets closer to his face, it jumps a little bit. And I saw that in our cable version and online. So I know it's there. That was reminiscent of old school, before they went digital, movie theaters. Mm Mm-hmm where it would jump a little bit when you went from one reel to the other. It would just jump a little bit, and that's what was happening, I think. Let's ask Sam. Nope, he doesn't want to talk to us.
1: <laughs> so we get that outro music. We see the scenes flying by, and the screen light turns into an eyeball. Darlene re-enters the hospital room.
0: And that eyeball is crying.
1: And sees, yeah, that he's crying. And she says, Hello, Elliot.
0: So beautifully done. The way they framed her face. Oh.
1: I truly think Darlene got the best arc resolution story Mm -hmm. throughout the course of this Mr. Robot. This is great because I think you can fairly surmise it doesn't seem that scene at the ending shows any burying of the personalities, any fighting, any compartmentalizing. I don't know if we have fully and totally integrated, but something close to it where they're working together, they're sitting there, they're allowing all of that to be part of Elliot's. Yeah. And for a host Elliot to be able to reemerge and take his life back.
0: Yeah, I don't believe there's any integration because that would be up to the host Elliot to integrate. It wouldn't be up to a personality too. Correct. So it's up to him at this point. If any true integration would happen. The fact that they're watching like a movie theater, um, this could possibly mean that... If our Elliot needs them again. They
1: can be brought back out. It's more of spectators now. We're not going to take that light. We're going to allow you to live your life and we're going to be here. But I think I agree. Everybody's jumping right to that. This is the happy ending. The integration happened because they sat down in the movie theater and they let Elliot take his life back. I don't totally know that we can assume that. No. They agreed, we'll take the back seat and let him do that now if he wants Yeah, And now we wake up, host Elliot is back in control. Darlene confirms that for us and he's going to have to decide. Do I weave them all in? Do I not shut them off into boxes anymore? Do I take the work they've started for me and finish it? And it is a happy, hopeful ending because you don't get all the way 100% to the end, Mm -hmm. but they've done enough that he could finish it.
0: It's a hopeful ending to me. It's a beautiful, beautiful ending that I wish Game of Thrones went out like this. Everything Game of Thrones was lacking, Sam Esmail and Mr. Robot did it perfectly. But I would argue that it's not a happy ending. Mm-hmm. A lot relies on Darlene at this point. Is she going to explain everything to Elliot? Why I don't think it's a happy ending? Well, Elliot is going to have to learn about the F Society that he created, the 5-9 hack, his friends who have died... And most importantly, Angela being dead. That's a lot to wake up to. I
1: think he knows all of that. Oh, you do? Because even if those parts of his personality aren't totally meshed together, they're all there and they're all present and they're all part of Elliot. And he hasn't put them in boxes and shoved them away, they're all sitting there. So that means he has the knowledge all of them have. And I think that's why he wakes up crying.
0: That makes sense. In theory, but this world, Sam Asmell's world, being a personality doesn't equal knowing everything. The Avenger knew nothing about the past.
1: Right, but they all know pieces. And as long as they're all present and Elliot isn't sectioning them away and burying some and one's in a loop and the other one's in a box, he has everything they have.
0: At this point.
1: Right. So right even though, now,
0: even though he was put away in a box, a looped Correct.
1: Everybody had some piece of knowledge. And because they're all there in his mind, cooperating,
0: our Elliot has all of it. Wow. Okay.
1: So he wakes up, and I think this is why we see the tear. This is hard. He's finally going to accept it and try to start moving forward. But it's there. Darlene confirms this is real Elliot. And as long as he doesn't continue to do that, we might be okay. And you're right. I, I think there's nothing saying that couldn't happen in the future, but male suggests a hopeful ending to this story.
0: And I'm willing to go with that, for sure. I like your pattern of thinking better than what I was thinking. Because if you can imagine if he had no knowledge of all mm-hmm. that, and then slam, getting told all that stuff.
1: I think that, as we said, it would take away from the weight of some of the things the other alters experienced. The Avenger learning about the abuse and all of that. If, if that didn't carry over, why did we have that whole experience? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that feels like we're being robbed of something. But those are all parts of Elliot and they're here and they're functioning. So,
0: Do you think he has memory of the loops as well?
1: That I'm not sure. Hmm.
0: Curious. Because I could just as easily imagine that he's waking up crying because he thought he almost died after seeing himself. Kill himself.
1: Well, I I mean, (laughs) given that that too was a part of him, he probably does remember remember that. that. So that's sad too. That's not real. Everything he's just seen. This is his life and he's got to make the best of it.
0: So in following your logic, uh, season one, when Mr. Robot was taking over and then the Avenger would come out and not remember the, the days that Robot was in control, that was because Robot didn't want him to remember? They weren't working together. But if he wanted him to... He could.
1: Those were the the chess matches, the shooting each other, the seizing control. They weren't cooperating at all. Well, that was a lot to digest, Jason, but it takes us to our robot rating. Now, firstly, we're just going to give our rating for the series finale, episode 12 and 13.
0: Oh, well, all right. So it's going to be high. I'll tell you that. My last episode, 4.11, I gave 9.8. So I'm going to have to go... Nine point nine point 9. 9.9? I would go 10, but I feel like we've never done 10. I'm going 9.9.5.
1: You can't go... 9.9 9 is the highest you can go. It's 9.9 <laughs> 9 or it's 10. I can't do the calculus <laughs> okay, on all right, that.
0: All right. Well, the only thing is I wish that we found out a little bit more about white roses machine yes but i mean that's just me nitpicking
1: i don't i don't know if i want to denigrate it knock it down all the way to a nitpick i don't think that's devaluing something that was given a lot of time and attention by SML himself over the course of these couple of seasons true so i don't i don't think i want to reduce it to that level but all right now i feel like an asshole but, well, no, but I because there's a lot of people saying, well, it doesn't matter. This was a beautiful finale, it, it was a beautiful and it was, but I don't think you can just take that off the table because everything else was done so spectacularly, and it does hold me back a bit too.
0: Oh, I thought you were saying I was being an ass for nitpicking. Or-
1: I think calling it nitpicking isn't giving okay. it enough. I think gotcha. us being upset about it is justifiable. Oh, okay. And I think it does have to take some points away from this finale because we are left
0: with some of those questions we wish we had answers to.
1: And for that reason, I'm going to give it a 9.7.
0: 9.7. That's super high for you. It is. Probably your highest.
1: My highest just after exit, 4.11, our last one, which got a 9.6. So averaging all of that up.
0: I mean, highest ever. You've probably given something. Close. Maybe earlier Game of Thrones. Early Game of Thrones.
1: I think something got a 10. Averaging all of that up, that gives me a season rating of an 8.9 and you a 9.2.
0: Oh, wow. We were very close.
1: Which I think is excellent, except I went back and checked our season two and three ratings. Yeah. Our average for season two, you were a 9.1, I was a 9.2. Season three, you were a 9, I was an 8.9 which means I was just as high as Season 3, which I definitely did not appreciate Season 3 as much as this Season 4. I think what happened here...
0: Is that you're heartless?
1: No, there was one or two that I really (laughs) didn't... I didn't like 4.10 gone, and I went all the way down to a 7.5. Yeah. It really affected the overall average. If you were going to ask me, it's still a very close race between Season 1 and Season 4, the amount I enjoyed it and how good I thought they were. It's tied, mm-hmm. then season two, and then season three. And that is reflected. I mean, it's, it's, it goes from season two to season three. It's just four doesn't quite show how much I really did like this season. Yeah.
0: So give it to me again, your grades first, season one through four.
1: New grades, I would give season one a 9.5, season four
0: a 9.2. Oh my goodness, okay.
1: Season two... A nine and season three, and 8.8.
0: What was my season one?
1: We don't have season ones. We oh. weren't doing ratings at the time.
0: Okay. So season two, 9.1. Season three, nine. Season four, I'm a 9.1 again?
1: 9.2.
0: 9.2. So I think that's perfect for me. Just a tick above it.
1: You like that? You want to stick with that? I want to stick with that. Okay. So you go slightly up on four. I still go slightly up on one. It's a close race, but... It's really hard with any series to mm-hmm. top a season one, especially when you have an amazing season one.
0: Yeah. It's just it so different. laying
1: but- all the groundwork, showing you things you've never seen before. And there were certainly episodes this season that I liked even better than season one. There were times that I was thinking is really finding his stride and he's doing things that are incredible. But then there were ones that I liked less and that hurt the overall average.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel as a whole, I am so happy that we started watching this show. It was really happenstance because we were not really full all out doing podcasting on TV shows. We were kind of meddling around, having some fun. I wasn't contributing as many hours into editing and things like that. But we saw the short trailers or short commercials on USA for the show. And we were like, it looks intriguing. I don't really understand the name, Mr. Robot. hmm <laughs> But this Elliot character looks interesting and we love Christian Slater. We haven't seen him in a while. Let's give it a try. And then what did we do? Did we start podcasting on it from episode one or did we watch a few episodes first?
1: No, we jumped in at episode five. So we covered episodes one through five in one podcast, then six through seven. And then we started doing them one at a time. We weren't even doing ratings yet in season one. That didn't start until season two. In season two, we were doing coverage on each and every episode for the most part. But last season three, season three, we actually did some instant coffee, some full reviews. We really went all in.
0: Yeah. And that's when we were brought into the TV Time app. They reached out to us at the end of season two saying they liked our podcast and they wanted to add us to their app, which was... Uh, really promising. It ended up not resulting in much, unfortunately. But it was cool to be acknowledged and a company wanting to pull us on. If there are any companies out there now who like what we're doing now that podcasts are even bigger, and you have an idea for us to partner with you, please let us know. We're game. But back to Mr. Robot, we're kind of intrigued, started watching it, saw the first five episodes, and we're like, we got a podcast about this. (laughs) And I'm just so glad that we went on this journey and that we have all these Clatchers to go on the journey with us. We often say it's hard to fully embrace the idea of of listeners when it just, you get numbers on the analytics. But if us and the Clatchers were to go to a theater to watch every episode and then discuss it with each other, we would be in a amphitheater. We'd be in a big, it'd have to be bigger than a movie theater with the amount of Clatchers that, that join us hmm. on this journey. Yeah. And I think that's amazing if you just imagined, you closed your eyes and you said, we're on a stage, there's the TV show happening behind us, and then all the Clatchers are there. Hmm. It would be a stadium or something. Yeah. Close to that. So thank you guys for going on this journey. And the journey's not over for us. Before we go into our most valuable hackers, we wanted to remind you guys, just because Mr. Robot is over doesn't mean the CKC podcast is over. Starting in a couple weeks, we will be going back on our magical journey with the magicians. So we implore you guys to join us over there for those podcasts.
1: Their season five premieres on January 15th, and we will be doing weekly coverage just as we did here It's the only other show we're watching that's also 13 episodes. So if you feel a hole in your life at the end of Mr. Robot, this is the way it felt when Game of Thrones ended. We said, we need something else. At least Mm -hmm. we've still got Robot. Now we've still got The Magicians. You have time to get caught up. We have coverage for the past. We didn't get started in season one. So we have one episode, A Break Bills 101, that gives you the background of all of season one. But seasons two through four have coverage on every single episode, as well as some interviews with the cast. So that is a really great time. We anticipate we'll have a lot of fun with that. And of course, when that's done, whenever HBO decides, we'll be back with Westworld.
0: And if you guys haven't watched Westworld, do yourselves a favor. It's another type of show that creates a new world for you. And it's another journey that we truly enjoy going on. But if you're not watching The Magicians and you're not interested in it, you don't want to wait for Westworld. We have a season of Sherlock that we've done. We have Game of Thrones, of course. And keep in mind, the beginning seasons of Game of Thrones, we were really green and not that good. So start like a couple of seasons back.
1: Big Little Lies. We did a one-episode coverage of Sharp Objects. And in general, just if you need more, there's always the Patreon. So I know there were some questions about when this episode was going to come out, why it was taking so long. In addition to the things we mentioned up top, the holidays, trying to get our research done, the end of a season... We absolutely, completely value these TV shows that we're covering here. But we have to give our precedent to the Patreon members who give a lot towards their memberships. It's a really wonderful community. So in between the time that we're giving you this robot episode, we actually put out three podcasts on Patreon. We had a holiday-themed bonus episode where we talked all about the Eves, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, what kind of crazy things do people drop on New Year's Eve. We played some fun trivia We had the coffee break episode and the movie review of the new Knives Out. So if you're thinking, I'm waiting for my CKC, where was stuff? You could be over there on Patreon getting three episodes right now. If you're interested in joining, go to coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on the Patreon link, and take a look at the different tiers. See which one could be right for you.
0: So this is our last push for Mr. Robot for you guys to join us over there and help Christina and myself out to continue to provide podcasts such as this one.
1: And last year, we started with a new tradition that we continued this year. We're only making mention to be sure that if you are a Patreon member and you haven't checked your mail, that this does not go to your trash box.
0: Email, yes by the way.
1: Yes, there is a Starbucks gift card. Just a quick little thank you. Happy holidays. If you didn't get that, make sure you take a look. But... Back over to the Mr. Robot coverage. We also have an amazing community that's grown here, and we have some of your comments.
0: And your votes.
1: So we're going to start off with Most Valuable Hacker for this final episode.
0: Every week via Twitter, at CKC Podcast, we ask our Clatchers, who is your MVH? If you haven't joined us yet, now's the time to do it so that you'll find out what future shows we will be covering.
1: And we do these polls for each one of the shows that you'll get the weekly choices on your options.
0: This week, we gave The Protector, The Persecutor, The Avenger, and The Host. Coming in in last place is The Persecutor with 2.5%.
1: Well, as we said, there's not a lot of background on Magda. We don't get a lot of screen time, and that type of alter is just not a great one. So...
0: Not one you'd want around.
1: Yeah, you're not going to typically vote MBH on that. Coming in third place with 25%. And this third place ran a pretty close race, is the host, so Core Elliot. No, we don't get to see him a lot. As Mr. Robot says, this is the closest you'll get to him. (laughs) You get a glimpse, maybe, of what he looks like in this fantasy world, this recursive loop that you've stuck him in. So there's a glimmer, but I think the votes go to the fact that it's him who's able to emerge in the very end.
0: Absolutely, and I think also... The votes can go to him if you're just truly enamored and delighted by the twist. Oh my God, we didn't know Elliot that whole time. That is amazing.
1: Well, but as well as you kind of did, you got to see all these different aspects of him just so segmented off. Like, what does he look like when they're all incorporating and functioning together? But you get to know him a piece at a time through these altars that we see. It's it's just a pretty incredible way to tell a story.
0: Well, I'd like to imagine that he's a little more grounded than the Avenger. He has the knowledge of his past, so... He's not as confused in the world.
1: He's not as happy and cheesy as, okay, go,
0: Of course Elliot. not. Well, no, if he was happy, these other altars would not be existing. Mm-hmm. And in second place, our Mr. Robot, the Protector. 29%. I haven't read the comments yet, but if they're anything like the way I'm thinking, I now respect and appreciate the Protector so much more now that I know the full story.
1: Of course. But coming in first place with 43.5% is the Avenger, the mastermind, our Elliot.
0: The killer, the murderer (laughs) of himself.
1: Well, you see that his ultimate goal as the amalgamation of our altars in Fake Christus says, Mm -hmm. his heart was in the right place. Yes. He did all of this to try to make a better world for host Elliot. He wanted to change things. He did change things.
0: He he changed the world. The 1% of the 1% and him and Darlene together were able to give money to everyone.
1: In his persona, he forged a relationship with Darlene that he never had in the past. He this guy did a lot.
0: He did more than a lot. He is
1: ready to take a seat and take a break. His mission is accomplished.
0: And that's the last thing he finally acquiesced to what needed to be done and took a step back.
1: Well, Jason, for that reason I segmented mine out. I gave Part 1, Episode 12, to The Protector, and Part 2, Episode 13, to The Avenger.
0: You know what, Chris? I'm going to have to agree with you on both of those. Part 1 to The Protector, Part 2 to The Avenger. Absolutely.
1: Well, let's see what our Clatchers had to say. Melly said, I voted for The Protector because he knew all along what was going on and guided fake Elliot through it. Brian says, I couldn't be happier to be more wrong with my theories on how the show is going to end. Can we write in Sam Esmail for MVH for creating an amazing show that deserves to be in the conversation, a best TV show ever? Amen. Kirk says, while I check the box for the host, my real vote is a write-in for Darlene. She truly loved Elliot in all of his manifestations, and she is the one who finally pushes our Elliot to recede into the background and welcomes the real Elliot as he emerges from his protective shell.
0: I have to agree, Kirk. And Kirk went on to tell me via direct message that he votes Darlene for the entire series as well.
1: Melly says, Wow, CKC podcast predicted so much that I wasn't very surprised. It was a nice finale, but not mind-blowing. What did Tyrell see on the TV screen? What was in Elliot's mother's box? Did I miss these answers?
0: What's in the box?
1: No, we have the open-ended questions that we're going to get to in a bit that weren't really resolved from the season, but definitely not. Scott says he agrees. Both in this episode and the series, we didn't get closure or answers for a lot of things. Don't want to sound glass half empty. The series was amazing and the finale was great.
0: I see where Scott's coming from as well.
1: Slovenly Muse also sends a write-in for Darlene, who, despite her complicated issues, is always there to look out for her brother, remind him what's real, know him like no one else, and be his anchor. Without her, Elliot would have no tether to what makes life worth living and the world worth saving. Lewis says, this episode was just beautiful. I knew it wouldn't go full sci-fi. I still have no idea what I'm saying. This show, man, I'm going to miss being so confused. (laughs) Warren says, just to be clear, the Avenger is the mastermind, correct? To me, he is and will always be the OG Elliot, but his work here is done, and he needed to let go and make room for host Elliot. It wasn't a perfect episode. Too much tell, not enough show, but it did provide emotional closure.
0: Our clatchers are smart.
1: Julia Clare says, The psychological resolve was incredible and effing terrifying. The acting from Darlene and the Elliots was incredible. I was disappointed with Elliot's revolutionary hacks written off as vengeful reaction to abuse. Guess we learned just how much Sam's ideology differs from Elliot's. Kate says, Okay, now that we know the ending, can we convert this into the CKC I'm Not Ready to Let Go support group?
0: <laughs> I like that.
1: She also says, I love how Sam ended the show. He gave us closure to our Elliot. Well, I know there are still unanswered questions, I think that's the beauty of the ending, especially as it relates to the real Elliot waking up. Those are no longer our answers to know. Ooh. Yeah, given that the mastermind has taken a seat, the voyeurs are gone. They're, they're re-assimilated. We don't get to see that. And like we said, this is now Elliot's journey and he has to go decide what happens next. She says the other part that she loves is how the ending recontextualizes Mr. Robot's relationship with the mastermind, which is why The Protector got her vote for MBH. She's sure it's going to absolutely change the experience on subsequent rewatches. And that's what we were talking about before, like thinking about them entering into the relationship together in season one. Yeah. That's pretty amazing.
0: And that's why Darlene, when we first met her, remember I was like, she's acting like she doesn't really know him. Yeah. Because she didn't. She
1: didn't. (laughs) She says, one final note. Thank you both for the wonderful podcast. I look forward to it every Friday. Your coverage has been stellar. And if you're doing Westworld season three, you can expect to see me back in your mentions. We look forward to it. Scott says, I think it's going to be a tie for all of them. He even said in the hospital, I'm not Elliot, only a part of him. The finale was great, but I think there was so much that was left unknown. I would have preferred more wrapped up.
0: So we're getting a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like as a finale, it's amazing. But then you think, well, we'll never get some of those answers. And it leaves you a little bit kind of wishing you had.
0: A little bit empty.
1: Joe says, the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the host is just the one who's in most control over the body during a given period of time. And that usually changes over a person's lifetime. So I don't know if I buy the notion that the Elliot we knew shouldn't be in control. And this is what we were saying up at the top. The core personality the birth Elliot, the one who comes out at the end, is not necessarily the host. Right. So they were using that terminology, but the host is really whoever is most present coming out on a day-to-day basis. For the past year, that's been the mastermind. He's, he was also the host. But because an altar can be a host, that means it's not always healthy. Ideally, you have the core person assimilating more of that. And acting as your host, so in the end, yes, we are rooting for the core, the core Elliot to take back the limelight. Scott says, really looking forward to Christina's take on the finale and the DID areas. Do you think when Cop Dom said Elliot looked nothing like his ID, this was a DID reference or even Freud's ID? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I think you don't look anything like him. Could be that he actually doesn't. I mean, Mister Robot doesn't look like core Elliot. Magda doesn't look like core Elliot. These manifestations look a certain way because they fit psychologically with what that person is representing. Thus, it would actually be unlikely if the mastermind looked exactly like host Elliot. He is different. He's a part of him, but he's also different in many, many ways. I think that's why they don't show us host Elliot waking up at the end. We only see his eyeball because he would be some combination of but wouldn't look exactly like anybody we've seen thus far on this show and wouldn't act like it. It would be this melting pot that you haven't really gotten to experience yet.
0: I tend to agree with you. I think it's more interesting to think that uh, the Elliot that we'll never see looks a little different. But in my head, it's only a little different than the Elliot we have. For a few reasons. One, when he speaks to his mother in this world, she doesn't freak out and say, like, you're not my son. Like She notices him as his son. I think it's just, it's a matter of if you saw a before and after picture of, um, this is a bad analogy, but of uh, a weight loss thing. <laughs> and you have like the before and the after. You can tell it's the same person, but they look drastically different. Well,
1: that's, that's because though, like his mother and everybody else, the way they're seeing him no matter which personality is presenting they're seeing Elliot but we're not what we're seeing is the altar that's in control at that time and I don't think any of them is exactly like host Elliot
0: right no I meant in the dream world correct so, but the okay. so the
1: mom they're seeing all these oh, people are just seeing the idea, Elliot the way they don't see Mr. Robot
0: but the idea they see Elliot is different
1: I think the idea is different like Scott is saying, because it's a reference, it's knowledge to, he's being picked up on now, Mm. finally, psychologically. This is not you. This is a reflection of the mastermind losing control and unraveling and not even able to present as host Elliot anymore. And I think that's why it's good, as much as I was a little kind of wary about having Dom in this weird cameo, if you want to call it, within the dream, but that she is someone smart who would pick up on the truth. That's the character she always was in the show, and a piece of that has seeped into Elliot's mind. So she's putting it together. She's onto him.
0: I see what you're saying, and I'm not... I totally am not uh, fighting against it. I pictured it as this was the first time in these scenes that the subconscious is now going to start fighting him. Mm-hmm. So it's first Dom, then it's the wedding, Mr. Robot, then it's Angela, Yep, and then... His therapist.
1: Those people are recognizing, even though it looks like him, you're not him. And mm-hmm. you're not meant to be here. And what's happening right now? <laughs> this has got to stop, you know? Yeah, this kind of goes along with that. Scott says, did you see Krista in the finale as the same Krista that knew and that we'd known in past seasons? It, it's kind of the same situation. That's not Krista. Mm-hmm.
0: It's all of the
1: personalities choosing a way to present to the mastermind, one that he will trust. Right and can listen to, and has taken on a bit of that persona of calmly explaining this to him, but it's not the Krista that's in real life.
0: Robotomist Prime is so far behind in the show, and she needs to catch up soon. Well, we hope you do catch up, and we hope we didn't spoil anything. I hope you didn't read the comments from everybody. <laughs> and to everyone else who wrote in, thank you so much. We have read every single one.
1: A lot of these about ongoing open questions, which we are getting to in a second, but we also had a couple of email write-ins that I want to mention first. Ian says, now that all is said and done, the sci-fi theories have been put to rest and the internal struggle of Elliot Alderson is finally revealed as the core drive of the show. I have to say, A, told you so, (laughs) wink, and B, all jokes aside, your podcast with the insight into the psychological aspects has become the number one companion to this fantastic series. Ah, thank you. Uh, you seriously nailed quite a lot of what was going on every time we took a deep dive. I think it was listening to your podcast that primed me best for the finale. I knew from the jump the world was a construct and made some parts a little heartbreaking. Oh, and Jason, you to man. I love how you had the exact same theory as me last week, that Elliot going through the same time period at the end of last episode, how they would flip that and we yeah. would see our Elliot now. We fucking nailed it, huh? <laughs> So we have names for all five of Elliot's personalities. We know the mastermind existed before the scene in season two. In it one, when Darlene came back after being away, Elliot put on the jacket and mask and rambled about what would eventually become 5'9". Darlene tells us in the closing minutes of the series when she got back that Elliot was already gone, but he was there and she went in to hang out with her brother. We also see Elliot marking a blank CD and putting it in his folder of hacked individuals, something only the hacker superhero mastermind would do. He was already taking over when Elliot slept. This was the birth of Five-Nine. Anytime Darlene has been on screen, we know for sure it's been real. She reveals in the last scene that we have a pact. As long as Elliot can hold her hand, he knows it's real. That's why she was the key and didn't exist in the fantasy world. She would have brought Elliot back. We've only met the real Elliot at the end of 4-11. Other than that, we've always been following the mastermind. This is why the protector had no problem shooting him in the head, which seemed strange if Mr. Robot was in fact protecting him. He was trying to make the mastermind finish what he started so he could finally let go of control and let Elliot out of prison. His goal was to make the world better for him. Perfect end to a perfect show. 10 out of 10 for me. Handshakes for Christina and sloppy bearded man kisses for Jason. <laughs> With a heavy heart, I must say, at least for a little while, goodbye, friends. Uh, Well said. Jamie writes in to say the first thing that struck me was our Elliot in his happy place. I was getting major Back to the Future vibes. Marty arriving in 1955, the bright, vivid colors, the town being clean, everyone friendly and seeming a bit retro. They even had the 50s-style billboard ads. And Marty, I mean Elliot, was (laughs) almost knocked down crossing the road. I was half expecting Mr. Sandman to be played. (laughs) Jason, this is everything you were talking about. I was even going down the whole alternative 1985 theory until it became obvious we were dealing with DID and that Elliot, our Elliot, was the third or even fourth alter. When asked by Tyrell about the worst part of his life, Elliot said something to the effect of it's a dull, repetitive loop. Part of him yearned for an exciting life and created characters that formed this. At the time, I was half expecting our Elliot to be a comic book character that came to life I forgot to mention that, but I considered that for a moment too, as he somehow actually oh, manifested right. this through I his artwork.
0: too. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so that's the twist.
1: <laughs> there were a few things, I guess, that have been unanswered. Either that or I completely missed them. White Rose. Was she real or a part of Elliot's consciousness? What did her machine do? Why did she need Elliot and why get him in that room? So she's asking if this was all part of Elliot's psychosis or did this actually exist? And this kind of just... Seals the deal for me that I think a lot of people are leaving, maybe not even knowing that much, which is a problem. So I think we talked about before, we can surmise because of what Darlene said. Yes, she existed. That whole thing happened. She built this machine. Elliot was able to stop it. White Rose killed herself. The plant exploded. No, we don't know what the machine actually was. Other than the stuff that we saw on the drive, we can deduce that because of what Price gave to him. And we got to see that it was this large collider, but really just a testing ground for the bigger, better one that was being moved to the Congo that would have done, we don't know. (laughs) Would it have worked? We don't
0: know. I can't believe we forgot to talk about that, the whole manifestation of this Elliot. That would have made the White Rose thing make sense because our Elliot, the world we were in, was a story that was being written by the real Elliot. Mm Mm-hmm. And White Rose was the mastermind that realized they were in a story and there was a better place for them to be. And that was the The real world. world. And that machine brought them into the real world. Mm -hmm. That would have been cool too.
1: We said before, what did Angela see? Why did she believe it so much? I mean, there were dark army operatives killing themselves. Price's final request in life, even though he said he didn't totally buy this, was for Elliot to please destroy that machine. So... Clearly, there was a concern. There was a danger. I've heard a lot of people saying it's very easy and simplistic that White Rose was just a mad person. She had this dream of a better world, but it was all nonsense. I don't know that we can chalk it up to that. I don't know when you have a machine that's so powerful, it's creating a nuclear meltdown that Elliot had to stop. And there was one that was going to be 10 times that size that was in reality being moved to another location in this show. And we don't know what it could have done that you can just write this off as she's totally crazy. It might not have come to the full fruition she expected, but it was going to do something. Like we said earlier, I don't think you can put that down. I think that she had enough to somehow convince people through the power of her persuasion, some kind of stimulation, some type of drugs they were given before they saw this crazy room that Hmm. made them believe. Maybe a combination of all of those. Uh, But we aren't, unfortunately, going to get the hard line on what that means. And lastly, Jamie says, The final scenes reminded me of Harry Potter, accepting his fate and walking into the forest, but he's not alone. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's That's a good interpretation of that. She says, I've also seen on Twitter that the boardroom scene is compared to the end of Fight Club, which is fitting. All in all, I've loved this series from the start as well as your analysis going to miss it, but I'm glad the final season was so well crafted. Absolutely. And finally, Steven says, thanks for a great podcast companions through this journey of Mr. Robot. I immediately thought of you, Christina, as the alters and their roles were being revealed. It was cool to hear the show feature some of the DID explanations that were previously covered on the pod. In some ways, I would suppose the finale was especially gratifying for you with the mental health aspect rather than downplaying or devaluing it. I think Sam stayed true to that while providing us a fun glimpse of the sci-fi connections, albeit a false one. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I loved 411 Exit so much mm-hmm. cuz we got to see all of that even though we knew it probably wasn't real. Yeah. It was like you gave the fans that. I think keeping White Rose real and having those links not totally add up left this weird misstep in my head but just for the finale in general and how we wrapped up the Elliot story absolutely I loved it and I thought that was great so we talked about White Rose some of the other questions we still had what did that ending for Tyrell mean yeah the glowing the blue light glowing light and the fact that his death was different to everyone else's
0: yeah I don't know
1: I'm really just an artsy way to send him out I suppose
0: I mean, it was to the point where we were wondering if he was a personality and that was the integration light. Mm-hmm. But no, he was real. Uh, we'll never know.
1: What was in the safety deposit box and the bigger meaning of the tapes that Magda found, the fact that other people thought of her differently than Darlene and Elliot, the fact that her clock, two was stuck at 11.16. If that's all just something that seeped into Elliot's brain, that when he makes this loop... It stuck there, so he made it 1116, but it was also on Chen's watch and other areas that wouldn't have had a direct link to Elliot.
0: Well, yeah, let's talk about 1116 because we were really hoping to get an explanation of what 1116 means. We didn't. So we kind of, this is a fun thing, we don't think any of this really means anything, but we kind of, uh, we googled some Bible information, what 1116 could mean in the Bible.
1: Possible Bible verses, and I know there's other people who think it's insane, and this is the definition of not falling down rabbit holes, but hey, it's CKC, so you know we're going to do it.
0: And it's for the fun of it. We're not in any way insinuating that this was what it means.
1: No, and I don't think ultimately, like Esmail saying, it doesn't really matter. But I think like the music, he has put in stuff that he means as nods, even if they're not going to tie into the full plot in the end and they didn't. They're still interesting to be there. And he wants even the background to contain interesting information. Absolutely. And this is something that didn't just pop up once. It came up many, many times throughout a bunch of the seasons. So we found a couple that didn't seem to really fit. First, John 16 is, then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And maybe it felt that way. Originally, you know, the mastermind is walking off into the black void.
0: Yeah. I actually thought that Elliot would die, remember?
1: Mm, Yeah, we talked about the no exit book, and maybe we're already dead, and this is purgatory. We have Numbers 16. The Lord said to Moses, I will come down and speak with you there, and take some of the power and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you, so that you will not have to carry it alone. And that does actually have meaning, too. You can't do this alone, you the mastermind. Mm -hmm. This is bigger than you. You have to give up some of that control.
0: Then we have a few that could possibly fit. Ronan 1116, if the first part of the dough is holy, so is the whole batch. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Loosely, you could incorporate that as the personalities.
1: The altars are the host. The host is the altars. Yeah. It's all one.
0: But again, we know this is a stretch. Uh Job eleven sixteen, for you will forget your misery, recalling it only as waters gone by. And then Daniel one sixteen, the invader will do as he pleases, and no one else will stand against him. He will establish himself in the beautiful land with destruction in his hand. Hmm. So that could totally be the Avenger.
1: Yeah. But the one we settled on, Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You will seek me and find me with all your heart. I will gather you from all the places where I have banished you and bring you back to the place which I carried you into exile. (laughs) You can be brought back into the fold now. Your future is going to be better, I promise you.
0: Yeah. So that was fun. A little rabbit hole, you can say.
1: Absolutely.
0: Maybe that's what Tyrell found. A Bible? The Mr. Robot (laughs) rabbit hole. And it it glows.
1: (laughs) It sucked him down and he got (laughs) lost there forever. So to close this out, first, I had a good clip from an article that said, the heart of this show has always been Elliot Alderson, a broken, anxious hacker who's struggling to exist in the world, even as he attempts to use his group to save it. But Mail has always been as interested in the mechanics of telling a story as much as the story itself. Over the course of its run, Mr. Robot has been a study in misdirection, unreliable narrators, red herrings, and narrative fakeouts. It regularly breaks the fourth wall to address the audience directly. It walks an impossibly fine line through the finale between fantasy and reality, hope and despair, control and faith. There were things about season four that were less than great. Though it contained strong individual installments, it often felt like it wasn't going anywhere, narratively speaking. Its forward momentum stalled as the show wandered through flashbacks, therapy sessions, or rom-com themed specials. Mm -hmm. The final sequence at the Washington Township plant didn't go as well as I expected it to. The season-long mystery of White Rose's machine was never really resolved in a way that felt satisfactory. But the series' final ten minutes, in which Elliot, or as we should now call him, the mastermind, acknowledges the audience for the first time as he slots himself into this bizarre family of personalities the real Elliot made, is genuinely beautiful from an emotional and narrative perspective. And I think that kind of just sums up everything we've been talking about. And if we're going to look at (laughs) the series as a whole... We had our disappointments. We had our places where they meandered us off. I mean, we sometimes felt that way about the institution winding up being a prison. It makes sense now, in the end, this game we were playing. But while we were experiencing it, Mm -hmm. there were moments where we're like, all right, (laughs) enough. We're ready to get back to reality. What's happening right now? And I imagine that's the way it would feel inside of Elliot's mind. But then coming back to reality and it turns out, well, that stuff doesn't really matter because it's about being in Elliot's mind. What a crazy show this has been just start to finish. But it's been an absolute joy to podcast about for those very reasons.
0: Absolutely. This is a ride that we'll never forget. I just love how that person was able to sum our three hours <laughs> worth of podcasting in three paragraphs. In
1: paragraphs <laughs> Made us look real dumb. Great.
0: But all jokes aside, we have had an amazing time with our Clatchers and with Mr. Robot. So for one last time, we want to thank all of you guys for going on this mental Ferris wheel with us. For all these years, and for the newcomers, thank you for joining our F Society. And Sam Asmel, thank you so much for bringing this show to our lives. Clatchers, we hope this isn't goodbye forever. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media so that you will know what next show We will be covering.
1: But until then, this only works if we let go too.
0: Goodbye, friend.